Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week in our conference, Phil DeSalvo, one of our PGY2 residents, gave a short talk on why we give antibiotics to patients with COPD exacerbations. Now, this seems like a pretty straightforward question, but I think it's an important one to ask, particularly from the perspective of antibiotic stewardship perspectives, as well as from a choosing wisely perspective. The majority of the time when patients present with upper respiratory symptoms or bronchitis, we don't give antibiotics. Even in patients with known lung disease like asthma, we don't give antibiotics for simple exacerbations. So what makes COPD so special? Well, Phil posed three main answers to this question and then looked at the evidence that exists. Answer number one is that it makes pathophysiologic sense. When we look at what causes COPD exacerbations, it seems like the majority are from infections. Now, there are other causes like pulmonary embolism, myocardial ischemia, or exacerbations of other underlying medical issues, but so many of them end up being infectious. Just like with bronchitis in the general population, most of these exacerbations are going to be viral, but there's a larger percentage that are likely bacterial in origin in the COPD patients. The reason for that is that many patients with COPD, if not all of them, are chronically colonized with multiple bacteria, including streptomonia, haemophilus influenza, Moraxella catarralis, and atypical bugs like mycoplasma and chlamydia pneumonia. Some patients with more advanced COPD can be colonized with Pseudomonas and Enterobacteriaceae species as well. So in many of these exacerbations, it's simply because the bacteria have overgrown and thus giving them antibiotics makes sense. Well, pathophysiology is nice, but we need more than that to make something standard practice. In the past, pathophysiologic explanations have fallen short many times once the research gets done showing that, well, it's just not that simple. So let's get to the evidence that exists. And that was Phil's answer number two. There is evidence out there that says it works. Phil pulled a number of articles and we've dropped those articles with links in the show notes, but let's just mention a couple of them briefly. The best evidence comes from a couple of systematic reviews. The Cochrane Collaborative published one of these in 2006, showing a 77% relative reduction in in-hospital mortality when using antibiotics and a decreased treatment failure by 53%. A 2008 systematic review by Quan found similar numbers as well. Now, in 2012, the Cochrane Review gave an update, and they noted that the data here is inconsistent, particularly in terms of the outpatient group, and so more evidence is needed, but what exists at this point seems to support antibiotic use. Overall, that's probably what we should be doing based on the evidence that we have. Finally, answer number three. Guidelines from professional organizations say it's the right thing to do. The major organization looking at this particular question and putting out guidelines is the Global Initiative for Chronic Obstructive Lung Disease, or GOLD, organization. And that group has participation from both the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the NIH, and the WHO. These guidelines are extensive and discuss all phases of both acute and chronic management. But let's focus on their recommendations for using antibiotics. Based on the available evidence, the GOLD group states that antibiotics should be given to three groups of patients with COPD exacerbations. Group number one, the patients have three cardinal symptoms, increased dyspnea, increased sputum volume, and increased sputum purulence. Group number two are ones that have two cardinal symptoms, but one of those symptoms is increased sputum purulence. And then group number three are those patients who require invasive or non-invasive ventilation. 
The Gold Group also gives suggestions as to which agents to use and for how long. They recommend, in no specific order, an amino penicillin with or without clavulanic acid, so that's typically going to be ampicillin or ampicillin plus clavulanic acid, a macrolide like azithromycin, or a tetracycline like doxycycline. Typically, shorter courses are fine, somewhere in the five to seven day range, but the Gold Group recommends that you can go up to 10 days duration. Our texts in emergency medicine, Rosen's and Tintinelli's, echo these recommendations. Now, before we wrap it up with our take-homes, I want to mention an entertaining article that Phil referred to that we've dropped in the show notes for you guys to take a look at. It was published just this year in the Journal of Advanced Physiology Education, not one that I read on a regular basis, and it's entitled, The Hardships of Being a Sith Lord, Implications of the Biopsychosocial Model in a Space Opera. This brilliantly written piece delves into the respiratory pathology of Darth Vader and how the psychosocial and emotional issues that occur over the course of the movies contribute to his respiratory decline. If you're a Star Wars nerd like me, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're going to enjoy this. All right, let's hit the take-home points. Number one, most COPD exacerbations are caused by infectious etiologies. While these can be viral, there's a decent chance it was caused by an overgrowth of bacteria that chronically colonized these patients. Strong evidence from systematic reviews demonstrate that antibiotic use reduces in-hospital mortality and decreases treatment failure, and we do extrapolate this to the outpatient setting, even though we don't have the best evidence there. Number three, the Gold Group recommends antibiotics be given to patients who have increased dyspnea, increased sputum volume, and increased sputum purulence, or require non-invasive or invasive ventilation for their exacerbation. Finally, if you're going to give antibiotics, a short course, either ampicillin, plus or minus clavulanic acid, doxycycline, or azithromycin is adequate management. One final plug before we go. If you're interested in podcasting, either in getting started or you've got a podcast you want to take to the next level, check out the podcasting course. This course is a new addition to the Teaching Institute, and I'm really excited to be part of it. We're going to be doing a two-day course down in Lexington, Kentucky, home of Uber educator Rob Rogers, from April 21st to the 22nd, 2017. It's going to focus on all the nitty-gritty details of creating a great podcast. We've got incredible faculty that are coming, including Anton Hellman from EM Cases, Salim Razai from Rebel EM, Jess Mason from MRAP, Will Sanderson from the University of Kentucky podcast, and Scott Weingart. It's going to be an amazing course, and I hope that some of you are inspired by the educational podcasts that are out there and want to come down and check out the course to help start your own podcast. If you're interested, come on over to thepodcastingcourse.com and check it out. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net, where we've got a ton of great core content, emergency medicine. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google+, and on Twitter, where our handle is at core underscore em. Thanks, and see you all next week.